0: And the church said, amen. Amen. amen, I got about half of you there this morning. And the church said, amen. amen, I got 100% of you, amen, good to see you, good to be in the house of the Lord, amen. Before we open our Bibles, we just want to bring some announcements, and I know Brother Tim, Tim has already mentioned some of them, but we just want to uh, <clears throat> remember that this coming Friday is our music night. And uh, we're just really looking forward to it. Uh, We're looking forward to the time of fellowship. It will be over there in Bellingham, and you can get the address. I think it's on the website. Uh, The saints have really uh, put their shoulder in desire to worship the Lord in song. And uh, so we want to be a support. And so I trust that you have set things aside so that you're able to come. Uh, We have some maybe that will be traveling in to sing and to help also. And so we're just grateful for that. But I do want to remind you that um, the facility there, we don't have the ability to do live stream, and so those that are streaming even now and listening to, uh, you'll have to catch up or come to the music evening, and and so we just want to uh, let you know of that. We want to bring you greetings this morning from Brother John, yeah. a man who uh, did a, a su- 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 successful job and a wonderful spirit around the the uh, memorial service yesterday for Sister Laverne, and it was on wow. online, and some of you got to see it, and so I trust that, uh, amen, that w- that brought some blessing to you. Brother John was preaching this morning, and as always, he did a wonderful job, and Thanks, amen, preaching the gospel. He shared some of his notes with me, but maybe he'll preach them at home, so I'm not going to share them with you, uh, but we're just thankful that the Lord Jesus is working through Brother John and ministering to the bride around the world amen we want to also pray for keep praying for brother solomon they're away he ministered also this morning in edmonton and uh, we're just grateful for an opportunity there as well Um, this morning we have some visitors amongst us and i want to say god richly bless you and welcome and we're honored really honored to have you this morning sister rebecca Stoll. you had a birthday on last wednesday and uh, she's just getting younger brother sam says so praise the lord And uh, we just pray that God would just anoint you this next year and fill your heart with joy and everything that you desire, Sister Rebecca, may the Lord Jesus provide it. That's the greatest gift that we could ask of the Lord is that the joy of the Lord would be your strength. We want to say also happy birthday to Sister Mariana that's in Kirkland and she loves and she often is uh, streaming and part of the meeting here. So we want to say God richly bless you. Let's also remember our Easter meetings coming up at the end of March, and Brother Chris Cathy will be us with us preaching, and so we're all looking forward to that. Can you say amen once more? Amen. That was filler. You know, I needed us I need us. <laughs> amen, preachers have that problem sometimes, amen. Praise the Lord. Let's turn to our Bibles. I'm just happy to serve the Lord, and uh, I'm happy that we could come today and worship, and we come under <clears throat> expectation to hear what the Lord Jesus has to bring to us this morning, uh, you know something—the Lord Jesus is with us. Do you believe that? Yes. And so I, I pray that you will uh, pull on the, the gift that God has given, and I pray Amen. that uh, what you, whatever you expect, is what you're going to, what you're going to get. And uh, we uh, always preach from the message of the hour. Uh, We don't want to place our own thoughts in it. We want to hear what the Lord says through the prophet of this age. So let's turn in our Bibles to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to read verse 5. Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. There shall not be any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. Uh, Don't you think that's wonderful? Uh, The word of the Lord coming and speaking. I don't want this just to be a word unto Joshua, but I want this to be, Brother Bill, a word unto us. There shall be not any man, there shouldn't be anybody stand before you, friends, today, all the days of your life. As I was with Moses... So I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I'm going to be right beside you. All the long of your traveling life, I'm going to be right there, and I'm going to hold your hand. You may not see my, you know, those those footsteps, but friends, I'm right beside you. I'm carrying you all the way. Father, would you bless your people as we've opened the word and to begin to speak in the name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. Why don't you take your seats this morning as we, as we just enjoy the word of the Lord. I've been thinking and I've been pondering and studying now for just some time on, on these words of I will be with you. I'll be with you. You know, since the time that I have started the journey here beside you in Bellingham here in the united states i i 've had this burden and a burning desire it 's been about two years now that that we come into a great fellowship with the Lord Jesus. I know it 's a personal experience for me, the lord speaking to me, but I I desire that maybe I could also impart some of that desire to you as well. And so over these last seasons, you know, I, I preach messages a lot of times that speak about fellowship with the Lord Jesus. We desire to get into his presence. We desire to be in a place of worship with the Lord Jesus. And the greatest worship that we can have is that which is sacrificial before the Lord. That is that is giving unto the Lord, giving of ourselves as, as a wife is intimately giving to her mate, her husband, so the bride of Jesus Christ is giving themselves intimately to her heavenly husband. And so Brother Branham would preach a whole message that you could go home and study on and and, I, and as we look at these thoughts, there are many, Brother Branham preaches on in Israel and the church, and as I was with Moses, and, and, and Joshua, a great warrior, and different places that I will possibly touch on today as I'm preaching to you. And I want us to understand that there are so many facets of the Word of God that He would take a, a time upon time, and maybe even eternity, to try to get a thought across about the greatness of God. Right. Sometimes we will wander down a path because we're excited which as we would say down a wormhole because we get pulled in the direction but the grace of God the counter of God is so vast that Amen. that we cannot explain Amen. we can't even give in words as we sang just a moment ago how wonderful the Lord Jesus is you know personally in your own experience with the Lord your walk with the Lord is so mature and so intimate that, that you, can't even, you can't even describe it. Yes. And so Brother Branham would preach this message, As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Mm-hmm. Now, there's many ways we could take this and go about it. I, I want to speak for a moment on Joshua, and I, then I want to take it down to maybe a trail for today around uh, what it was from the time of Abraham bringing it up to the time of Moses. And if we'll have time, we'll speak about as he was with Moses, and then bring it down into a Joshua ministry. That is going to take a long time. But this morning, we're just going to try and touch on some things that would maybe the Lord would have us to say Amen. that you would go home and some would maybe come this evening again and then also be blessed. Praise God. In the message, uh, Israel and the church, number five in 1953, Brother Brown would say these words. He would say, I see Joshua, the young leader. Uh-huh. Now we look at Joshua as, a, as he followed his way out with Moses. He may not have been young in age, but he was young as a leader. And Brother Brandon would say, I see Joshua, the young leader. God meets him. He, he said, don't get scared now, you. I like how the prophet of God would say it's so personal. Don't get scared now, you. Yeah. Hey, you, don't get scared now. My servant Moses is dead, but arise and go over this Jordan. Arise and move forward. I I, I want to... Underline that in your heart, move forward. Let's not look in a a rearview mirror at what happened so many years ago or even just at the time of the prophet's ministry. Sometimes we get caught up in the first poll and second poll, but we're not moving into what God, the opening of the word, where God is expressing Himself to us in such a way that we can be fulfilled with the pregnancy of his word. And so we're moving forward. Uh, my servant Moses is passed. He, uh, but arise and go over this Jordan. No man, all the days of your life, I, I will be able to will be able to stand before you as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. Fear not. I, I want to hear those words. I want the Lord Jesus to minister to us this morning. Fear not. Don't worry. Don't worry. You're secure in me. Amen. The eternal God has secured us in him. Amen. There's nothing to fear. Nothing, Sister Elizabeth, can stand in your way. Not even vertigo. Nothing can stand in your way. The mighty conqueror is with us this morning. Brother Bill, nothing could stand in our way. Brother Tim, as you testified, nothing can stand in your way. Sister Patty, those ears will come clean in the name of Jesus Christ. Nothing can stand in your way—not in AFIB, but not a heart problem. Nothing can stand in your way, as I was with Moses, as I was with Brother Branham, as I was. So shall I be with you. The Word has always stayed the same. I I want to put that into your hearts. The Word of God has never changed. Men have come, men have gone, men have passed off the scene, but God's Word remains. And it was the voice of God that was spoken and recorded on tape and placed upon book and placed into our hearts that we are unmovable this morning. You are unmovable in the name of Jesus Christ because the Word has been established, the cornerstone has been laid, and the foundation has been built, and you've been wor- building upon that which is of Christ Jesus. God. Now we know of Joshua and we think of Joshua and we see that Joshua was a, was a great warrior who, who took up the challenge when Moses called upon him, or God called upon Moses to call Joshua. And we think of him, how he fought many battles, and we could read on in Joshua, which we'll get to sometime maybe later, but we find out that Joshua was also a fella that had, you know, in the back room or in, in the hinder parts of his life, it seemed like Joshua had lacked some confidence. He said, Brother Steve, how, how could you say that about mighty Joshua? I mean, he, he's that fellow that said, me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. And, and, and he was unmovable. But you know, each individual has had some hinder parts. And Joshua had this confidence problem. It looked as though, because here in Deuteronomy 31, verse 23, Moses speaks to Joshua, and he says to him, and he gave Joshua, the son of Nun, a charge. He spoke to him in an ordered manner. He didn't just give him a slight pat on the back or, you can do this. No, this was a charge. This was a command. And he said, be strong and be of good courage. Yes. You, Joshua, you're, you're, you're not confident here. You need to be, yes. you're going to need, if you're going to be beside me and leading, if you're going to be my right hand man, Joshua, you're going to have to come up a level. And then we see in Joshua chapter 1, and we will read verse 6, 7, and verse 9, it's now God speaking to Joshua. It's not just Moses saying, hey, now, be of courage. It's God saying, verse 6, be strong and be of courage. Verse 7, he repeats, he says, now only be thou strong and very good courage. The Lord is telling me, look, I've got things under control. I've got the pathway set up. I've got the way set out. Now the word only there, Brother Mark, we look at words and we see that word only. Only. Now don't rely on your own thinking and your own way and your own ability. Moses tried to do that one time. No, only rely upon me. Only now though, but be of strong and a very large courage. Be strong. Then down the way in verse 9. We see God repeating himself. It's the same conversation. Mm-hmm. Now, there's something in Joshua that still looked like he was lacking. Mm-hmm. God had to speak it here four times. Uh, you would think that Joshua would get the message. Right. But here at the last moment, God now doesn't just, you know, pat him and say, Now, uh, he says, Have I not commanded you? Now, I don't want it when God gets a little stern with me. I don't I don't want God to do that. I, I, I want to listen to the first time he says, you know something, you can do this. Now, go out and do it. But Joshua still had something inside that God had to say, have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid. Amen. All right, get with the program. I, I, you know, son and daughter of God that are here this morning, Let's get with the program. Let's get on the team. Let's get out there. Let's listen to the mar- marching orders. Be not afraid, neither thou be thou dismayed. Yes. There we go. Warriors need some encouragement. For the lives we're warriors. We've got some strength. We stand, but you know something? When the devil's hammering you and you've got your shield of faith up, up there, and those darts are hidden against you, how many ever been there this morning? Boom, they come against you and they come against you. And you're up against the ropes and you don't know where to go and you're seeing birds. Yeah. You know, when you're a boxer, Brother Tim, you know, and they're boxing and they hit you in the head. Sometimes you're in a place where you don't know where you're at. And you're up against the ropes and, and you know, you, you don't know what to do. And, and Muhammad Ali did this rope-a-dope thing to keep himself ready. What was it? It's, it's a place where God is saying, you know what? Things are all spinning around you. <laughs> you don't know which way to go. You, you know, there was a bird one time that got caught up, thrown in the washing machine, and it got spun around. He came back out. The owner was all upset with him, and thinking, oh my goodness, my little bird, he's going to die. You know, those little budgies. He pulled up the dry, hair dryer, pff, blew him off, and you know, put him back in his cage. And he wondered why the budgie sat there. How many's ever felt like that? Come on, are you with me this morning? Sure, sure. Sister Joyce, you ever been there? over the count of your life, you you, you sing those songs, I give it all to you, Lord, and the Lord, you know, begins to work on you, and pretty soon, you're all getting dizzy by me going back and forth, you start to feel in this place, am I ever going to make it out? And so God gives us a scripture just like we've been reading. Don't be afraid. Be Because you're fighting every day, be strong and of good courage. Now, Joshua, in our scriptures, you know, we... We know that Moses moved out of Egypt in the first exodus, and along came Joshua, and along came Caleb along, and the the group of, of believers that came out of there, out of Egypt, that came out of the world. But we see here that Joshua, now in Exodus chapter 17, he's being introduced. This is the first time that we see Joshua come on the scene. He's now being introduced, a young captain to lead God's army against a fight that they didn't know that they were going to have. Here we find all of a sudden the Amalekites were at their door. Now, where did this all start? Well, you remember they came out of Egypt, they came to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden, you know, God said, put your rod forth, and the sea began to open as they walked across. Man, they were excited. Can you imagine as they're walking, and and they're walking on dry ground? God has provided a way. They're looking to the left, to the, the right, and the walls of water, as we perceive it to be, are up there, and, and the fish are just looking at them like they're in the aquarium. I mean, this is an, this is an amazing thing. Can you imagine this happen? Yeah. Brothers that are fishermen, all of a sudden you see a brown trout just sitting there. And you say, wow, this is... They were walking. I'm dramatizing it to get your attention. Yeah, Some true. of you need to smile this morning. Praise the Lord. The Lord is our strength. Amen. They cross the sea. They get across. All of a sudden, we see the, the charging Egyptians with their iron chariots, and they're coming across, and their hearts are failing for fear. They're just torment. We thought we were safe, but now what? And then suddenly, God begins to turn the waters back in, and all of a sudden, their enemies are drowned. They are destroyed. Well, I'm telling you, they had a joy, a revival, and experience with God as Miriam took up her tambourine and began to praise and give glory to God. I'm sure that some of them staggered in the spirit. Some had a wonderful good time because their enemy had drowned. But you know something, there always comes a morning time and the enemy is not quite dead yet so they're just finishing up the praise, so to speak. They're just finishing up to give glory to God. And suddenly, the Amalekites are now coming up against them. And, and now we are introduced to Joshua. Now, let's remember who the Israelites were. They, they were not a people that, have, that were used to sword or shield. They were not used to throwing a spear. They were not trained. What were they? Well, they, they, uh, they, they were herdsmen. They were cattlemen. They, they were men and women that you know that were mud daubers, as we read in Scripture. They knew how to make bricks. They, they need to, knew how to pull heavy loads. And they were not warriors. So here we have Joshua charged with a huge task before him. He's never commanded an army, and they stand before there the armies of the Amalekites in Exodus chapter seventeen, verse nine through eleven, as it's on the screen. And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out of men and go and go f- out fight the, Amal- uh, the Amalekite. Tomorrow I will send on top of the hill. I will stand on top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. Now remember, the rod was very important. The rod was that word that rod is Christ to the people. And so when they seen that rod, it was important. That was the same rod that was stretched over, and the sea was opened. And so Moses says, you know, I'm going to stand there with the word. Now remember, Moses was a type of of Christ. Moses was the prophet of the hour. What Moses said was what God was saying for the season. And so when Moses stood there with the rod in his hand, they had an increase of faith with inside of them. Now this is where I come in with this. Friends, Brother Branham has passed off the scene, and we've been years since 1965, since the prophet has gone. We have heard on recordings, and many have said, well, why are you listening to such old recordings? I mean, don't we have new 2024 type of recordings? But I want you to know the voice of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The voice of William Branham will ring across the heavens louder, friends, than we could ever imagine, but the Word of God ever stays the same because He is the beginning and the end. He changes not. I am God that changes not. So while the prophet was here holding the rod in his hand, the Word of God in his hand, people had courage. But now the prophet's off the scene, and many people are doubting and falling this way and that way. Some won't receive it. We've got denominations that follow, but now can't receive it because they can't see with their littler eyes a prophet standing in discerning hearts. Where the Word of God has spoken to us and said, Don't look to that which is seen. Look at that which is unseen. Don't look at the rod, look at the source that has strengthened the rod. So there we see Moses standing there with the rod in his hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought the Amalekite and Moses and Aaron and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And it came to pass that when Mel- Moses held up his hands that Israel prevailed. Can you see the sight? Moses is standing there, rod in hand, handed up in this position, and as they fought, if Moses could keep his hand stretched, they won the battle. Now we're talking about cattlemen, and we're called sheep herders, and mud daubers, and and craftsmen that never have fought, never used sword or shield, but as long as the strength of the word and the submission and obedience to God is performed, you win the battle. Does this give a message to you this morning? Amen. This message is to the people of God. As long as your obedience and submission to God with the word before you, you cannot fail. Amen. Praise God. You will win. And when he let down his hand, the Amalekite prevailed. <clears throat> When you step from out from under the banner, a banner of the Word of God, out from under the token, what happens? Satan has every right to you. He can come against you. He can come against your family. He can come against that very thing that you believe. But stay in the Word. Yeah. Stay in the Word, and there is safety. So I want to repeat, not as a broken record, but as just a repeat to firm within our hearts, that the commandment is to obey. The power behind the word is in obedience. The battle is won in by our obedience. And as we stretch out our arms with open posture, I, 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 I would like it to get right into our hearts. As you stretch your arms out in open posture, the Lord Jesus brings the victory. The Lord Jesus himself yes. conquered over death, hell, and the grave by the open posture yes. of arms spread out in obedience to the Father. Yes. I do nothing unless the Father foreshows me. It's my obedience to God. It's obedience to the source of life. Amen. We, we need to worship in that kind of posture. Now, I'm not just suggesting when you come to, come to church and you're, you're having song service and you're praising, I'm not just suggesting that is your open worship and that is, that's all you're coming to. No, your entire life must follow the posture of surrender. Now, I want you to notice in verse 12, as we would read about Moses, you see, but Moses' hands were we're, we're weary. M- Moses was just a man, and this is showing us something. As a as a believer, as Moses' hands were heavy, and they took a uh, they, what did they do? They took a stone and and put it under him, and he sat there on. And Aaron and Herb they they they, they stayed up his hands and. And one on one side and one on the other side. And, he, and they held up his hands steady so that, the, that they would not droop, so that the armies of Israel would prevail. God. You know, when I look at this, I, I'm not just looking about, as many have preached before, that we just lift the hands of the ministry. I think that's a really good concept. We've lifted the hands and the arms of Brother Branham and his ministry. We have lifted up all the the generational ministers of the gospel up till now. We lift up their arms. We pray for them. But that is not the sole meaning in my heart. We need to lift up the strength of the word, lift up the banner of the word. We need to lift up one another's hearts. Lift up, oh God, but we pray for one another. It's a a global, it's a a unit. The body of Christ is a unit. It's not just about ministry. Ministry often stands, I'm preaching against against myself, praise the Lord. The ministry oftentimes stands here and figures it's all about them. It's not about them, it's about the people of God. It's about Israel prevailing, it's about the people overcoming, it's an outstretched posture. For, for one another and for the Word of God. So let's get in the place where we, where we get into this posture that we strengthen one another and strengthen ourselves in the Word of God. Now, Joshua, I want you to see him that he's a faithful witness. Brother Brandon would call him a humble servant. And Joshua remains alongside of the Word. Joshua, now, now we know that Joshua is a type of the Holy Spirit, but I want to also let you know that Joshua is like our everyday lives just as well. You know, I, I, I like to know that every application in Scripture applies to me. I like to read the Old Testament. We, we, we love the Old Testament, but the Old Testament without application in my life doesn't do me so good. It's history. And so I look at Joshua and I see him. As long as he was with the word, he was blessed with the word. And so this humble servant, he goes alongside the word and and he goes alongside of the prophet for that day. And Exodus chapter 32, verse 17 says like this. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said unto Moses. Now uh, uh, here in our setting, Moses has left the people uh, below Mount Sinai and he's gone up because God has called him and God wants to give him the the commandments by which the people should live upon. And so we're finding that Moses didn't leave Joshua at the bottom there of the mountain. He took him up the place and then Joshua waited as Moses continued forward where then God broke forth the Ten Commandments as he wrote it with his finger. And so here now, Moses is descending. He's got the, the word in his hands, the, 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 the law of God in his hands. And he's, he's happily, I mean, he's got a song in his heart because he's going to go back to where Israel is and give them the word of God as it was written by the hand of God. Now, wouldn't that be amazing? If here today we would have seen the fingers of the hands of God, right? We would say, woo, this is amazing. Well, in our day and our hour, God drew up the moons. There as the prophet was preaching, the seven churches, it was God, the angel of God, began to draw those things out. And people still didn't recognize it. They were just like Israel. We'll find out at the bottom of the story what Israel was doing. And that's where the people are today. They're worshiping, they're worshiping, they're singing, but they're doing worship to the wrong thing. They're worshiping to the god of music. They're worshiping to the god of instrumentation. They're worshiping to the god of smoke. They're they're worshiping all kinds of things, but never coming in surrender, and never coming in obedience, which is true worship. You read in Genesis chapter two when Abraham took his son up to the mountain. His proclaim was, "My son and I will return from worship." That's the first time that God ever proclaimed that word in Scripture, that word worship. Worship is sacrifice. Worship is not a bunch of singing and noise and shouting and dancing and what we would call revival. Worship is consecration. Worship is sacrifice. And in that sacrifice, friends, comes forth the attribute of praise, comes forth the attribute of revival, comes forth the attribute of speaking in tongues, comes forward in that glory. But first, it must be in surrender. Must be in sacrifice before the Lord. So here we have Moses coming down the mountain. Exodus 32 uh, two here tells us, and Joshua, he, he tells us, man, I hear the noise. I hear all the shouting. And he said unto Moses, there's a sound of war in the camp. Mm-hmm. Now, no matter what was going on down there, Joshua put it in his heart, he's staying with Moses. Yeah. <laughs> he could have rushed down the mountain to save the day. He was going to be the mighty conqueror. He's going to stop the war. No, but he knew as long as he was with Moses, everything was going to be okay. It did not matter if they're warring down there. Everything is going to sort out just fine. So what does he do? He stays where Moses placed him, and he waits, and Moses comes, and he makes a statement. And he said, is it not the voice of them that shout for mastery? Neither is it the voice of them that cry from... Uh, for being overcome, but the noise of them that sing and do, uh, do I hear. Verse 19, and it came to pass as soon as he came nigh unto the camp that he saw the calf and the dancing. He saw what they were making a bunch of noise about. Goodness, no Come on. Yeah. Oh, I love excitement. Yes. I'm not against excitement. I think in the house of God there should be more excitement. Amen. Yes. 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 Oh, but you know something—we're West Coasters. We 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 don't act that way. You know, in the presence of God there is liberty. Amen. I said there's liberty. Yes. Amen. There's not flesh; it's liberty. When you got into the into heaven's glory and the, and the, and the picture was laid out that in the house in the in the, in the temple of God the posts begin to move it because there was worship of liberty so we're not against I, I i'm not against Brother john he's not against the liberty of the holy spirit in the house of god in fact, we, de- we desire people to enter in His presence. Amen. God. We have heard a message about, through the voice of Brother John, to be in consecration unto the Lord. Amen. This ministry that we're hearing about consecration and fellowship, is about surrender. It's about placing yourself in the, in the presence of God and staying there till your every fiber is changed. Jesus. <laughs> the, the life comes inside your being. That, that Like you being a dry stick uh, as Aaron's rod was, dead, just so dead. Listen, you could have put it in a bucket of water. And it would never begin to branch out. Buds come out and form almonds because it was an almond branch. But one moment in the presence of God changes everything. That's life. It instills life into that dead stick. Ezekiel, can, can these bones live again? Look at this valley of dry bones. They're laying there all dead. But when you're in the presence of God, all of a sudden the foot bone connected to the the, uh, calf bone. (laughs) Have you ever heard a song like that? And these bones live again. One moment, friends. In God's presence changes your entire outlook. You come about as a beastly nature roaming around to kill and destroy and ruin. And God places inside of you a a nature of a lamb as one that can be led by a dove like our Lord Jesus. One moment in the presence of God. So it's not just like we're hearing a bunch of noise because as they were making a bunch of noise and Moses approached and he saw and he looked that it, was, it wasn't the real thing. They weren't, re- they weren't worshiping the real God. They had brought, now they had left Egypt, which is the type of the world. Come out of her, my people. That's the shout we heard. Come out of denomination. Come out of her that has and performs the deeds of the Nicolaitans. They just want high society. Come out of her. Come out of that that Pentecostal realm. Now I want you to notice when they they left, I want you to know they, they took their things with them. But they took something that was, that was not to come along, and that was ad- idolatry worship. Th- they could bring their the, the, the china cabinet, and they could bring their dishes. <laughs> they, they could bring their families, the old and the young. They brought their cattle. They said, we're not going to leave one hoof behind. We're going to move them forward. But what they were to leave in Egypt was the world. What they were to leave in their denomination was false worship. They were to leave Balanism. They were to leave that great harlot system as we would speak of it today. And they were to come out of her. But as they got on their lonesome and the prophet was gone for some days, their worship began to change. We're finding that now. We, we, We came to a place where... Where, where people were sort of under the under the mirage of uh, the prophet might come back, and he hasn't come back. So we realize, okay, well, he's coming back in the resurrection. And now we, we have a bride's ministry, but it seems awful dead, and we're just teaching, and it seems like we need to ru- rush things and move things and excite things. And suddenly, okay, we're, we're casting devils off everybody. Right? I, I mean, I believe in devils. And I know the devil is truth. And the devil comes out and he's strong. But friends, we're not devil chasers. We're word believers. I'm not looking up and down every row to look and see and say devil this and devil that. No, I I let the word do that. I preach to you. I preach to you. Brother John preaches in the ministry of the gospel. We preach the word as it was given by the prophet of this age. And the Word discerns the heart. And the Word casts out devils. Yeah. Sure. Amen. But the Word also says, come before the elders of the church and we'll anoint with all. And we will pray for you in the, prophet, in the proper order. And the devil has to flee. That also is the Word. Yeah. Right. Are you with me this morning? Yeah. Praise the Lord. But now let's go back. As we see Moses coming down the mountain. And it came to pass, as soon as they came nigh unto the camp, that he saw the calf, the false worship, and the dancing, and Moses, anger waxed hot. Man, he he got mad. Well, some of us, we'd be like, yes, go for it, Moses, give him a licking. But it was the word that was supposed to do the licking. It was the Word that was supposed to change their hearts. It was Moses to stand up there and read the first commandment and said, Thou shalt not have any other God before me. But the ministry got out of order. I want you to see there, Aaron got out of order. He thought he could do it himself. And we see the prophet also got himself out of order, and he began to get himself waxed hot. But where was Joshua in all this? Where was Joshua in all this? Well, Brother Branham says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. He says, and Joshua, uh, the new commander of the army, after Moses had passed on, seeing that Moses stayed with him in his mistakes, he held up the, the commission up. I want you to see here, Joshua noticed that Moses made a blooper. A boop. He shouldn't have been mad like that. But what did what would what Joshua do? He didn't leave him. He didn't toss him away. He didn't get out his great big microscope and look at every part of the scripture, every part of the message quotes and begin to say, "Well, it didn't fit over here and the timeline was wrong and this would happen no He stayed with the word because it was the word. And he could see that men are men and men get in a place where sometimes they're wrong. They're in disobedience. And God ultimately fixes the pattern. So no matter what Moses done, it was Moses' office that God respected. He was a prophet. He was above all prophets. He was really more than any prophet they had. So, no matter what, Joshua remained steady. I'm speaking about you and I, remaining steady. But now, in a greater calling, under the Holy Ghost, Joshua being our Holy Spirit. Friends, the Holy Spirit never left the prophet because he made a, a boo boo. No, the prophet. The Holy Spirit remained with the prophet. The Holy Spirit respected the, his, the office that he placed the prophet in. Are you with me? Yeah. So no matter what, steady. We need to remain steady. Can you stay steady? Yeah. He knew whom the arm of the Lord was to. He knew that God was revealing himself through Moses. And he really wanted to be beside that which God was revealing himself through In Numbers chapter 12, verse 6, we will read, and he said, hear now my words. This is God speaking. Hear now my words. If there be any prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. Oh, praise the Lord. And speak unto him with a dream. Isn't that true? Now we believe in fivefold minister prophets, fivefold ministry prophets, yeah. right? Uh, we got pastors, evangelists, pastors, and we go teachers. I, I didn't write them down, so bear with me. Yeah. But we believe in prophets. So if any of you have a vision or a dream, wonderful. Amen. Yeah, right. uh, are we message believers? Yeah. Listen, I, I can read you in sixty-five, but Brother Ramsey is still the good. Okay, so don't get shy. We're we're mature believers. We're mature women in Christ Jesus. Now, if we were babes running around and speaking in tongues and things had to be placed in order and prophecy had to be planned, all this kind. No, Brother Brown already did all that. I mean, you read the message just like you and I, like the ministry does. You read the message. It's in your language. I hope you read it. You can be firmly established that the Word of God has placed things in its order. So we believe in dreams and we believe in visions. But now the Lord says, my servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. So I'm pointing out here that Brother Branham's ministry was not just the fivefold prophet ministry. He was born a prophet, under a sign of a prophet. He says in verse 8, with him I will speak mouth to mouth, lip to ear, so to speak even apparently, and not in the dark speeches. It won't be cloudy, but I'll give him a a vision of reality. Let, Let me just pause here for just a moment. We're taught that if someone sees a vision, it must be according to that which the word of God that's already been spoken and revealed, it comes forth in interpretation that way. If we, if we see some sort of vision or dream that has symbols that we not know not what the interpretation is thereof, we keep silent. So we have to be very careful when somebody gives a dream or a, or a thought or a vision. I, I'm, I'm not against any of those things, but we have to be careful that another person does a step and say, Well, I think that this is that, and I think that is that, and there's no uh, drawing of conclusion from the word because that's when we get into a hope-so spot. And I think maybe. And pretty soon, people begin to put other people under burden of visions and dreams. I've, I've seen it in my own life. One time, we had, we had a sister that, was, that, that somebody had a vision about. And uh, in that vision, it showed that she was going to die. And there's some circumstances around the death. And you know something, that... That dream that was spoken and given or that vision that was spoken and given to that sister plagued that sister for years. There was no scriptural basis. There was no prophetical basis that we would see that would be clear. It was just a dream that has someone given interpretation to which they thought was the interpretation according to so and so. For years, that sister sat there wondering, by this November, am I going to die? That November, i going to die a further November. Finally, she came and she had prayer. We prayed with her and she said, Lord, if I don't die by this November, I reject it. It's a false vision, false dream. But you see how people can do these things? They can, they can use these wow. visions, dreams, or spiritual things. Bring it up. I don't know why I'm preaching this way, but bring it up to a lever that nobody can dispute. We must be very careful how we do that. God is very specific. And if God says you're going to live, you are going to live. And if you die with the prophet uh, speaking, saying you're going to live because of your sickness, and it doesn't come to pass, friends, you cannot now spiritualize and say, well, she's alive on the other side. Right. Come on. Because you're speaking to a group of people that are of humanity that are expecting a live body in front of them to be healed, to be raised up. Am I preaching the word... So we need to be careful what we receive, how we put it to us. Praise the name of the Lord. I trust that if you didn't like what I said, you can just erase it and come back with me just now as we talk. I want you to notice that Joshua, as he begins to see that God's man stands before him, that it was Moses that was bringing forth the word, he not, did not get caught up in a bunch of Korah's evangelism. You know, Dathan and Korah were, were ones, they, they stood up and Brother Brown would say like this in the spoken word in the original city, they would say it like this. Just as Korah did, denying and disputing and the authority of God's vindicated anointed prophet, Moses, claiming he had the answer. Torah stood up and said, I got the answer. I got this ministry. I, I, I'm the one. I, I can do this. And Brother Brown would say, this was a money-making scheme. To a, a golden calf, as, as many do today. Big buildings, big schools, hatch out incubators of their same Seed. That was the evangelism of Korah. He had his own agenda. But Joshua, his thoughts and his agenda was not to follow some man-made system, some big building program. God never called us to big, build big buildings. <clears throat> Brother Branham looked across the missionary field and looked at those that walked with no shoes on their feet. And when he went to preach for them and he had nice shoes, he would compare his feet with a, with, a, with a saint that would carry the gospel, a missionary. And he would see if his shoes would fit the missionary's shoes. Yeah. Most of us wouldn't come to church and preach with a hole in our suit and cover it with our hand. Most of us, if someone gave us a million dollars back in the time when Brother Brown was here in the 50s and 60s, we would have said, well, hey, part of the ministry Brother Brown refused it. How many times did people want to give Brother Brown nice cars? Looked at his old jalopy. It's not going to make another mile. And they said, you know, Brother Brown, let's buy you a new one. And he refused it. Because it wasn't, it's not part. A ministry, the the, the Word of God is not about big uh, big money programs. It's about the people of God receiving Christ. It's not about the chorus. Stand there. No. It's about Christ Jesus. So Joshua, he he, he was presented to us in Scripture as a faithful student of God's law. It's very important, friends, that we we come and we meditate. Now, we're not all scholars. There are scholars in the building this morning. There are those that when they went to school, they were A-plus students. And then there's those that, you know, that are C, and some maybe didn't even make it. God doesn't care about how intellectual we are. God wants us to be a faithful steward of what he has given. Amen. It's not how much you know, but it's about the author, Brother Rahim says, that you know really well. So Joshua was a faithful student of the word of God, the law of God, and the, this courageous leader, because of his faithfulness, He was able to lead God's army into success, into success, and to success. In Joshua 1, verse 8, it shows us that God would say to him that this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. Well, we go to church way too much, Brother Steve. Like I mean, we have way too much service. I don't want to get a vote this morning on how many think that. You know, I I, I, I think Laodicea has kind of got us a little bit. Because uh, our flesh is kind of weak and we're soft. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Living around us has yeah. got soft. You know, even overseas, you go overseas and there are wonderful brothers there. But, you know, our North American lifestyle has also gone into overseas places and you know, they only like to work half day too. You know, this is the, it's Laodicea for a reason. It's not just Laodicea in, in America yeah. under the presidential regime that we have now. No, it's all over the world. Right. So our hearts are kind of like, you know, I would rather be doing something else besides going to church. To, the kids are in. The things are happening. I got runny nose. I, I don't know. Tomorrow I work and I gotta get I, I gotta get up at eight o'clock and so I, I need to make sure that my lunches are made and I don't want to go to church and you know I, I've heard I I've heard all the stories. You know, church finishes at seven o'clock. Usually you'll even go up for dinner on a weekday at seven to make sure you're home to get into bed by ten. But when it's church, it's kind of like no, can't go church finishes at seven and by the time i make my lunch and get the kids up, no no we can't go whatever else and then two in the morning you're still up and you're still scrolling and doing all what we all like to do and watching our favorite clips and before you know we're like oh two in the morning man i should get to bed listen i live where all you live this is us But coming to the house of God or coming to a place where we would study the Word of God or we would come to a prayer meeting, way too much church. Can't do it. But not Joshua. Not Joshua under a Joshua commission to Joshua ministry. The command was, thou shalt meditate day and night. Even in your nighttime, you're praising God. You're in worship to God. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For they, they, then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will add up to it. Can you say that with me? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and everything else will add up to it. You want to prosper? Okay, how many wants to prosper natural first? You are all, let's pray for the liars in the building. We want to prosper. I like my car, I really do. But, you know, I could always use a better one. We live in a nice place, but I don't own it. Right? Come on. Um, I love to eat that type of meat that I spoke about before, but I can't always have it. So I would like to have the prosperous life where I could suffer with a little wealth. Yes, naturally would like it. But how about our spiritual life? But that takes a lot of struggle. It takes a little bit of effort. It takes a, a little bit of uh, the bags in the knees, Sister Shea. Now, we have some prayer wars. I know we do. But you know something? We come together as a general assembly, and I probably would hypothesize an educated guess. I don't want to say prophesy, <laughs> but hypothesize. That most of us don't pray enough. Yep, that's right. Now, I will give it to all of us that we do two things well. We pray, Lord, bless our day as we're running out the door. And as we go to bed and pull the sheets up, we say, Lord, bless me as I sleep. Those are two times we think we pray. But that is not prayer, Sister Rhonda. That is duty. That is something that we do to appease our conscience or... No, worship, worship the Lord, worship the Lord. And if we will seek his face, we will seek him, then we will be prosperous spiritually and all the natural things will come in behind. Then you'll be in good success, the Bible says. Would you like me to continue just for a minute? That was about 35% of you. It is 12 o'clock, and I'm known to hold my timing very well, in which I would be happy to keep my reputation, but I want to just go a little bit farther, if that's okay. Let's go just for a moment to the backstory of possessing the land. So now we've come to the place where they come out of Egypt, and we found out who Joshua is, and we've noticed that Joshua... You know, followed Moses and was a humble servant to Moses. And he he was a captain of the army and he helped Moses in every way. Even if Moses got himself in you know in a little place where he got angered, Joshua didn't leave him. He followed along because the word, the the office and everything was just the word of God coming forth. But now, why in my heart I've got to ask that question, why did they Why did they have to struggle so hard? Why did they have to push towards a promised land? Mm. Now, we won't complete this thought, but we want to just work on it, build on it, and begin to speak a little bit more tonight on it. Now, the entire theme, the entire theme of Scripture is to get back into fellowship with God, to possess the land. To live in the inheritance that God has given us yeah. there 's stories in between and falls and failures and things that go on, but the the, the, the or the theme of scripture points us to the to Calvary to Christ Amen. who leads us and guides us into truth it guides us into our inheritance, yeah. so our promise inheritance isn't just a piece of property or piece of land as it was with natural Israel. Our inheritance is back to a spiritual Eden condition. Now you will hear as the prophet of God begins to minister to us, he, he would say we got back into Eden condition. So we want to, our inheritance is back to a spiritual Eden condition, which will bring about a physical new Jerusalem. We will see a new heaven. We will see uh, that, that mighty kingdom come down. And that is for the bride of Jesus Christ. We know that many will live in the economy of God. But our desire as the bride in this age is not to be foolish virgin or someone that will give a cup of cold water. We desire to be the the bride of Jesus Christ. To have our inheritance. And our spiritual leader is not a natural Joshua. Are you with me? It's not a natural man. Our Joshua is the Holy Spirit which is leading the people of God towards the kingdom of God. So when we say these words, the Holy Spirit will lead you in all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead you, guide you personally at your home. He is here present. He's the person of Christ. He's in in the form of the Holy Spirit living and abiding with each one of us. Brother Brandon, what you call it, say it's like you having a two teaspoon of the ocean. Each one of us have a portion of Christ on the inside of us. This is our spiritual leadership. We must have spiritual leadership. But are we fighting still? Yes, we are fighting. Every day of our lives we are fighting spiritual wars. Fighting, fighting over, over principalities and powers. But as you are fighting, as we begin to minister in the beginning of the service, be a courage. He said, I'll never leave you, forsake you. Jesus said, I will send you the comforter. And so he is here amongst his people fighting the battles alongside of us and winning the battles. Listen, as long as you obey the word, he's fighting for you. We want to be victorious. And Brother Branham says in eight different places, he makes his comments. And, and, and the last comment I chose in this, in this uh, thinking was in 1965 to get us a clear, a clear understanding in the message paradox. Brother Branham says, and, I, and I, I don't want to disagree with the scholars, but many hold that the promised land represents heaven. It could not represent heaven. It could not because they had wars and troubles and frustrations and everything in the promised land. So, so under our spiritual leadership of Joshua, as we're pushing forth into, into our heavenly kingdom, we're not in the millennium yet. We're still fighting. So don't drop your shield. Don't take off your, please, don't take off your helmet. No. The helmet of salvation is very important to protect your the mind that's of Christ. Yeah. The breastplate of righteousness, don't, don't let that fall for some, some man-made thinking, tradition, or modern style. Right. Keep that breastplate on. Keep your feet shod with the goodness of the the gospel, the good news. Keep moving forward. We're so, don't take take any of that equipment of God off of you. Keep marching forward. It could not represent heaven. It could not because they had wars and troubles and frustration and everything in the promised land. It does not represent the promised land. In 1960, in adoption of three Brother Brown says, how Moses what brought the people out of Egypt, the garlic, the leeks out, and gave them a, a place where God had promised 400 years later, or 400 years before, mm-hmm. that He would bring them into a place, a goodly land flowing with milk and honey. And Moses led the children of Israel right up into the land, but did not, did not take them over. And Jesus, to the spiritual, to the people that will. We've been promised the Holy Spirit since the beginning. Jesus led us up to the promise. But the Holy Spirit came. Yep. Amen. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll send the comforter. Where did it happen on the day of Pentecost? He came and he has been the same ever since. He has not changed. He's here by His Spirit. That's why I, I said that. As I, you can see, I, I, Brother Brown didn't say that, but I'm saying that, and that's according to what Brother Brown preached. Yes, right. But the Holy Spirit came to Joshua to take over and lead and direct and possess the land, to possess the church. Yes. That's where he is right now. Yes. <laughs> We're not just in a place where we're called church. No, we're the bride. And we gather together called the church. But we're the bride of Jesus Christ. And he is in full possession of our beings all of our lives. and adoption four, and I'm going to close with this, 1960. Moses, being a type of Christ, led the children up to the promised land. Then Moses did not take the children in the promised land. Joshua took the people in and divided up the land. Jesus paid the price, led them up, to the Holy, uh, up to the Holy Spirit. God sent the Holy Spirit down and he positionally put the church in order. Each man, can you say your name in there? Each man filled with the presence of his being. Let's end there this morning. Knowing that the Holy Spirit is working amongst his people. Holy Spirit is moving in your hearts. You are having a personal walk with Jesus Christ. The happiness and the joy that's in your being is a personal revival on the inside of you. We're not looking no longer for a global revival where we fill tens of thousands of stadiums. We've been there. We've had that. God's called us farther up with Him. We're walking Jacob's ladder and we're standing hand to hand with Christ Jesus. It's no longer angels just going up and down. No, it's Christ and us together. Can you receive that this morning? I hope I never spoke in any tongue that you could not understand. It's the message of the hour that God is trying to prove to us is the truth, and he's living in it. And if you eat it and digest it, sometimes it's hard, it's bitter. But when you eat it, friends, it establishes you. It's your foundation. It gives you strength. And as I was with Moses, as I was with Brother Branham, Oh, Brother Steve, you've gone too far now. No, it's the same God today that he ever was. Just believe. Lord Jesus, I pray that God that you would take our words that we spoke this morning and everything, Lord, may be balanced. Lord, we don't want to be left or we don't want to be right. We, We don't want to be caught up in some form. Or thinking or some religious thought, Lord, we want to be caught up in your thinking, your mind. Lord, that comes by being in your word, that comes by allowing the word to be in our frontals of our mind. It, it takes thought. It takes prayer, study. It takes consecration. Lord, it takes a posture of surrender. I surrender, Lord. I give my life to you, Lord. Lord. I pray that there will be those in the building this morning that were also willing, Lord, just to give their lives away completely and stand with the truth, not, not wavering, not being ashamed. Uh, Joshua, under Moses' ministry, was not ashamed of Moses. He stood with Moses. We're not ashamed today of the message of this hour. But, Lord, we're not just looking... Lord now just had a man anymore or a man being upon the earth that died in 1965 but we're looking at the word that was that's still speaking today I want that to speak in me Lord I want it to be truth to my bones that Lord that these bones should live again that if there be Lord some deadness on the inside of me Lord if some Lord some spiritual stroke has happened within my spiritual life I pray oh God that you would give that place strength again Lord oh my God that I wouldn't have a withered hand or a withered foot in the spirit, but Lord, that I would be fully made whole by the the power and the majesty on high. Bless your word, Lord, as we've spoken it, and may something have of a your people along this journey. Bless our afternoon, Lord, and I know some aren't able to come because of work or maybe other things that Lord, that have come. And, but Lord, I pray, Father, those that could come, may they come and receive and may they be blessed, Lord. I pray for Brother John as he will be traveling home and ministering for us again on Wednesday. We pray, oh God, for the meeting that's coming up on Friday and Sunday. Our brother Max from Edmonton will be to minister to us on Sunday and we're looking forward, Lord, to fellowshipping with you in praise. On Friday, Lord, as we will come together and sing and every gift supplying, Lord, our form of worship, our obedience would be, Lord, to, to sing the songs that would bring glory to your name. Everyone, Lord, has just done real hard to make sure that their songs are bring praise and glory and not shameful heartedness, Lord. So, Father, would you bless the evening, we pray. Bless us now, Lord, as Brother Tim leads us in song. And Lord, as we would shake one, a hand, one another's hands after a time of moment of prayer, I pray, Father, that, that you would go with us to our homes and ever abide there. We will ask it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand with me? and Would you?